In every film, there are minor characters that change the course of the story. Our mission is to explore those characters and give them stories of their own. This is BCD Presents No Small Parts. Amanda sighed as she pulled her 1974 Chevy into the last spot of the driveway. Last one here, first to leave, she whispered, her gloved hands gripping the steering wheel. She stared ahead in the brightly lit house, colored bulbs shining through inches of snow along the rain gutters. For a moment, she considered backing out of the driveway and retreating to her quiet apartment for an early bedtime with her cat. She rested her hand on the gear shift, ready to put the car in reverse, when she heard a loud tapping at the window. Her heart fell as she looked to her left and saw her brother-in-law, Jim. You made it, he exclaimed, stepping back to let her open the door. Amanda laughed nervously as she stepped onto the icy asphalt. Yep, she said, doing a terrible job of faking a smile. Ah, are you worried about the drive home? Jim asked. You can stay here if you need to. I'm sure Sophie and the girls would love that. Amanda nodded and walked quietly behind Jim as they made their way to the house. Amanda was generally a happy person for 11 months of the year. By all accounts, she was a strong, successful woman, leading a promising career teaching the youth of America. Sure, sometimes her car didn't run, or maybe she couldn't afford a vacation, but doing what you love can have its downsides. Amanda was married to her job, not in some sort of cheesy rom-com type of way, where love found her the moment she stopped looking for it, blah, blah, blah. No, Amanda had found the rarest and best kind of success, happiness. Except, of course, during the holidays. Every other season, she could walk through life completely fine with who she was. But as the years came to a close, Amanda was hit with an onslaught of holidays, where family members, sometimes intentionally, reminded her of how sad she was supposed to be that she hadn't found a life partner. One year, she decided to get ahead of all the questions about her dating life by wearing a shirt she found in a thrift shop. It was a perfectly seasonable forest green and had the words, it's not dying alone if the cat is home, emblazoned on the front in gold lettering. It may have fit Amanda's brand of humor quite well, but it wasn't such a hit with her family. For a moment, Amanda lingered outside the front of her family home, now owned by her sister. Stepping in from the frigid Illinois air felt like a warm hug. Jim helped Amanda out of her coat and disappeared to toss it on a bed down the hall. She took a deep breath 
and the smells of cinnamon and nutmeg filled her nose. For a brief and shining moment, Amanda felt like she was home. Her sister's youngest girls, twins, age 10, ran up to greet her. Her nephews barely acknowledged her, not looking away from their brand new Nintendo game. Wrapped in her niece's arms, Amanda almost forgot why she'd been so hesitant to come inside. You're so good with Sophie's kids. Don't you think it would be nice to have some of your own? Amanda sighed. Ah, there it is, she thought, and turned to find her Aunt Debbie holding a glass of wine. Amanda's mind cycled through a mental Rolodex of responses to this question, passing up some of her best singers and ultimately landing on a particularly bland, maybe someday. Before Debbie could respond, Amanda set her sights on the dry bar and headed that way. She spent the next 10 minutes sidestepping awkward greetings until she finally reached her destination. Sure, visit the bar before saying hi to your sister. Real classy, Amanda's sister Sophie called from behind. Amanda responded as she poured a glass. It's important to have your priorities in order. Sophie let out a laugh as Amanda turned to give her older sister a hug. So I guess they've already started laying into you, huh? Sophie asked. Amanda nodded and replied, New haunted house idea. Instead of ghosts and zombies, fill it with estranged relatives that are way too interested in your sex life. Sophie laughed and shook her head. You know, I was the one that had a baby before I was married. You'd think they'd be more critical of my life choices. Amanda placed her arm around her sister's shoulders. Neither of us deserves that, she said, clinking her glass to Sophie's. Speaking of which, where is Claire? Sophie's face shifted. Actually, I think I need your help. Claire has been locked in the den all night. Her boyfriend was supposed to spend New Year's here with us, but he dumped her over the phone. Amanda sighed and gulped down her wine. I'll do what I can, she answered. Growing up in the 60s, Amanda dreamed of one day being a wife and mother. In school, when people asked what she wanted to be, that was her answer. It was what her mom did, and it just seemed like the natural order of things. It was her sister Sophie that taught her to question this line of thinking. Falling in love is something that can happen to you if you're lucky. It's not an accomplishment. You should focus on things you can control, like your grades, Sophie would tell her. Amanda took that advice to heart, becoming a straight-A student and saving money for college by tutoring her friends and neighbors. For years, she clung to the dream that a man would sweep her off her feet. But as each boyfriend broke her heart, one way or another, that dream faded, and eventually, a new one took its place. Amanda made her way down the hall, past the coat room, all the way to the end. When Sophie and her family bought their childhood home from their parents a year ago, 
She hadn't bothered to change the photos on the wall. Walking back toward the den was like stepping through time. Amanda knocked quietly on the door. Mom, please, I just need to be alone. Claire's muffled voice called out. Ugh, moms, am I right? The worst, Amanda responded. After a long pause, the knob turned, and Claire peeked her red, tear-stained face around the corner. I guess you can come in, she said sadly, turning back and flopping on the futon. Amanda stepped in. I came to offer my services as a lookout if you want to quickly run back to your bedroom. There's nothing like having a breakdown in your own bed. She heard Claire stifle a laugh as her face was still smashed into the mattress. Amanda sat down. She looked over to see the phone, a black rotary dial, sitting off the hook. The two sat in a prolonged silence until Amanda had an epiphany. Hey, you know, this used to be my room, right? I wonder if it's still here. She got up and headed to the small closet next to Jim's desk. Aha! Amanda declared proudly, pulling out a faded, dusty t-shirt with the words University of Chicago. Claire, her curiosity getting the better of her, sat up to see what her aunt was holding. I don't get it, she said flatly. Amanda smiled and said, story time. Claire, you're looking at a dumped over the phone veteran. When I was a kid, all I ever wanted was to fall in love. I thought it was my job, but I didn't exactly turn heads, you know what I mean? I dated here and there, but it never worked out. I was perpetually heartbroken, so I decided to give up on all that and focused on getting into college. Amanda lifted up the t-shirt as a visual aid. I decided to get a degree in English. I met a lot of interesting people, driven people that knew what they wanted out of life. And even though I was more focused than ever to get my degree and become a teacher, I still, still fell in love. Claire looked up, suddenly showing interest. Amanda looked at the worn t-shirt. This was his, actually, the man I thought I loved. It's the only thing I have from him. And as you can see, it's here, sitting in the closet of my sister's house. Obviously, it means a lot to me, Amanda joked, tossing the t-shirt aside and sitting on the futon. His name was Henry. He was smart and had a dark sense of humor. I thought he was so deep, Amanda laughed. We did everything together. Sometimes, we skipped class and ordered pizza and didn't leave the dorm for days. I really did think he was the one. Claire grabbed the shirt and held it in her lap. Then what happened? She asked quietly. Well, then college ended, and so did the convenient part of our romance. Henry got a job 18 hours away in New York. 
and I was staying here in Chicago to get my teaching certificate. I loved him so much, and I wanted him to follow his dream. It just so happened that one of my best friends, I can't remember her name right this second, but we were very close. Anyway, she was also heading to New York to become a journalist. So I helped him pack and arranged for them to ride together. He didn't want the shirt, so I kept it and figured I would give it back when we met up again. But you never did, Claire said, a sob forming in her throat. Amanda scooted closer to her niece and wrapped her arm around her shoulders. We never did. I watched him ride off with my friend right after graduation. He promised to call, but it never worked out. I was devastated. I thought I loved him, and when he broke it off, I thought my life was over too. But now, I almost never think about Henry. He's just a footnote in my story, and I'm sure I'm one in his as well. The two of them sat silently for a moment. I know it seems impossible, but one day you're gonna forget all about this guy that was so important you spent New Year's Eve crying on a dusty futon instead of eating shrimp and playing video games. Claire sniffled. But we were supposed to get married. Amanda got up and patted Claire's back. Sorry, kid, but that's bullshit. Claire looked at her aunt in surprise. When it comes to the way you live your life, there's no supposed to. It's a shame it didn't work out, but that doesn't mean that your life is over, I promise. Claire wiped her eyes on her sleeve and stood up. I guess I am pretty hungry, she reasoned. That's my girl, Amanda declared, triumphant, and she gave Claire a hug. Thanks, Aunt Amanda, Claire whispered. Sophie was shocked to see her daughter join the party. She ran over to Amanda, offering a high five. Oh my gosh, what did you say? Sophie asked, nearly spilling her drink. Well, Amanda pushed her shoulders back and pretended to snap invisible suspenders. The girl needed to hear from someone experienced in the ways of romantic misery. So I told her about that college guy I dated, Henry. Sophie laughed. Do you mean Harry? I don't think you ever dated a Henry. Amanda's eyes nearly popped out of her head. Oh, right, that was his name. I can't believe I forgot it. Harry, man, I wonder what happened to him. Even though Amanda spent the rest of the evening trying to avoid awkward questions and encounters, she was happy to be there. She was grateful for the chance to help her niece, the same way she was happy to help the kids in her classroom every day. And everything she had told Claire was true. Amanda was a footnote in Henry slash Harry's story. But unbeknownst to her, she was a very important footnote because on that beautiful day in late spring, when she sent off her friend with the man that she thought she would love forever, 
She was inadvertently putting them on a 12-year course to finding love together. Although she was never lucky in love herself, Amanda was the architect of a beautiful love story and had absolutely no idea. As Amanda's family cheerily counted down the seconds to a new year, she wondered whatever happened to her college friend. Sherry? No, Sally! After she drove off with Harry for an 18-hour trip to New York. I wonder if they stayed in touch, she thought to herself. Maybe I'll look them up if I'm ever in New York. So as you can see, in the movie When Harry Met Sally, there are no small parts. <laughs>